got it locked to Metal Mayhem ROC. Vernomatic, Metal Forever. Mark checking on in. It's um, the week of the Metal God's birthday. Rob Helford from, um, well, of course, Judas Priest, but uh, some other projects and bands. And I think it's uh, pretty timely because this uh, week's special edition of Metal Mayhem ROC, we get a chance to catch up with Metal Mike uh, Kloschik from the Halford Band. And he's one of the guitarists that actually helped the Metal God, I guess, return to metal. Um, after Rob departed Priest for a whole bunch of years, and I guess you could say kind of went off in some different uh, directions art- artistically. So, uh, Vernomatic, what's your just, you know, as we celebrate Rob's 69th birthday now, <laughs> did you think he'd become such a heavy metal icon? No, and um, I-, I can't believe he's 69. He's the metal god. It's sort of like he has a, a resurgence ever since he came back in the Priest yeah, he, you know, it was uh, it was it was definitely over almost uh, what 11 12 year hiatus. But I guess to your point back in the day when we were, you know, going through screaming for vengeance and defenders of the faith and all those classic priest albums, uh, I don't know if we knew that he would end up being almost like a like a true icon and a legend as I was looking at people posting some things about his birthday, uh, you know, today and this week, you know, they were saying like there should be a national holiday almost <laughs> for for Rob Alford the metal guy. Which I thought I said that was appropriate. So um, yeah, so this week this week is a, is a really special edition interview because we catch up with Metal Mike Kloschik. Metal Mike is uh, again like like I mentioned the uh, guitarist, one of a couple of guitarists that were in the Halford uh, band. It's basically a band, the Halford band, and it was um, after Rob went off and did the two project and then recorded uh, three different fight albums, um, which many would say fight was was heavy metal, but it was kind of really thrashy and riffy, almost industrial metal, I suppose, if you want to classify that. But then when Resurrection came out and Halford, the band, uh, came to be and Metal Mike Klaschuk was a huge part of that Resurrection CD, um, you know, it was it was a return almost to that classic melodic pre-sound. And, you know, Metal Mike was certainly a huge part of that. And, um, you know, that band is, uh, is a standalone in and of itself. I mean, I, you almost can't put them right up there against Judas Priest with uh, Mike Davis on bass, Roy Z, uh, the other guitarist. Pat Lochman was the was the guitarist for Resurrection. Then I think he departed when Crucible came out. And um, you've got Bobby Jarzombek on the drums and, of course, the metal god, you know, ripping the vocals. So, uh, you know, I, I remember, I'll never forget when, when, pre, when uh, there was rumors that Rob was kind of returning, quote-unquote, back to metal. The first single that dropped was a track called Silent Screams. And it's one of those like seven minute, you know, starts off almost as a ballad, goes into a really, really heavy um, kind of catchy riff and chorus. And then the middle of that song just gets like, just goes, just rips off, you know. And I remember hearing that for the first time going, yes, you know, the metal God is truly back and it's it's truly metal. And then when you throw on Resurrection, the opening track, and I think Metal Mike talks about this. You know, it starts with metal with the metal god's classic heavy metal scream. You know, 
And um, mm-hmm. so, so this interview is really uh, exciting because, you know, Metal Mike talks about how uh, that, you know, the Halford band formed, how he got involved with, with the band and, and how Mike's style of music, he said, look, if you want to play heavy metal and return to heavy metal, then I'm your guy. <laughs> you know, if uh, you don't want to play heavy metal and you want to keep doing something else and experimenting musically, then, you know, maybe I'm not your guitarist. And um, so therefore it was, it was a you know really exciting interview. And uh, we had a great in-depth conversation with Metal Mike and just talked a lot about not only Resurrection, but Crucible and then their other album, which was called Made of Metal. And uh, they had a live album in the middle of all that. So that band was pretty active for a number of years. So many would argue there's no doubt that, you know, Rob probably wouldn't, wouldn't be back in Judas Priest if it weren't for the Halford stuff. Because the whole time, I'm sure the Priest guys were, you know, listening to these CDs. And they've actually commented on it, saying they were kind of blown away by Rob's solo stuff. And, um, you know, they realized he was, you know, the missing ingredient. Not to detract anything from Ripper era and what, you know, Ripper did with Priest to keep them going. But... You know, this Halford Band uh, era for Rob's legacy is, is just really important, I think, in the overall history of the Metal God and um, his return to Priest. Let's take it away. Here's Metal Mike Klostrick from the Halford Band. Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music. Interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. It's getting nice and heavy. Now, welcome our hosts, John the Vernomatic Verno and Metal Forever Mark. All right, here we are live in Rochester, New York from the Metal Mayhem ROC Studios, other, otherwise known as the Ver- Vernomatic Metal Cave. And tonight we've got a special guest, uh, Metal Mike Klostick from the Halford Band, amongst a lot of other things. And uh, Metal Mike, you didn't know we were all serious and uh, that formal, did you? <laughs> Welcome. No, I did not. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here with you, Talking Metal. Yeah, so thanks for joining, and uh, I know it's been a little while since I guess we've caught up, but uh, you know, it kind of prompted the outreach among the fact that you've been on our list for a while that you know metal artists that we want to talk to. But uh, Resurrection, uh, the Halford album that brought I guess the metal god back to metal, as the saying goes, just had its 20th anniversary this past weekend, and we definitely want to talk to you about that. But it's hard to believe it's uh, man 20 years ago already since that album was released. What do you think? It is very hard to believe. Um, you know, when, 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 when bands go on their anniversary tours of 20 years of, of this record or 30 years of this record, and you, you know, you're kind of always on the sidelines, you know, watching it and seeing who's doing what. And then you realize that you, you have a record that's actually 20 year anniversary, uh, eligible. So that, that was actually pretty weird. It's almost in some ways like a, um, um, what was the right word? It's just it's just kind of like a testament, you know, to uh, to a record that was released and and people uh, still mention, you know. So it's um it's a nice thing, you know. Yeah, and it's just it was nice to just sit back and read all the social media posts, you know, on Facebook and Twitter, and you and all the guys in your band uh, got just. I mean, it's amazing the positive reaction and the memories that people have from that album and how everybody was like appreciative that you guys were part of bringing Rob and the Metal God back to metal. So I guess, uh, how was it for you just kind of looking at all the stuff that was going on on social media, uh, almost all of it positive? 
Yeah, I mean, I did I did read some of the stuff um, because you know I was also uh, posting a um, couple of things from uh, from my side. I I I got some old um, tour itineraries and uh, some passes and things like that, and I kind of put a collage together of of stuff that I have because I um you know I keep all that all that stuff um as just mementos and you never know how you're going to use that in the future. But um, so yeah, I put that in. So just because I was on social media doing that, I, I read a couple things and and mostly just just uh, replies to um, you know to the stuff that I posted. And uh, yeah, it's I mean it's, it's you know, it's 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 pretty awesome to be honest, you know, because you, you you know years go by and you kind of, in some ways you don't think about you don't even think about it because you're always worrying what you're doing at this particular moment. Um, but 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 to your point, I, I you know you do hear people talk so you know so warmly about the record, or you know I was there, I was at this show, and I went went to New York, and I went to Connecticut, or I was at Rock in Rio, and I was only nine, you know, this type of stuff. So um, it's uh, yeah, it's it's very nice. It's awesome. I, I love it. You know. Yeah. And uh, we want to get a little bit, Mike, into your history um, and uh, also just talk a little bit about some of the songs, uh, not only from um, the Halford stuff, but just some of your solo career stuff, too. But, you know, we want to start, though, just by asking you, like, you know, what have you been up to lately and kind of how you keep him busy? And right now it's a really weird time for um, metal musicians and artists and bands with, uh, you know, our health crisis going on. So and I know normally you'd be kind of, I guess, in your Metal Heroes Academy summer time of the year. So uh, how are you been holding up lately and kind of what have you been doing to kind of stay active and busy, even though we have this weird time that we're all in? Yeah, well, that's, that's, um, that's definitely a valid question. And um, it's actually um, that, that Metal Heroes um, summer camp uh, was actually going, supposed to be happening this week right now. So, it's, uh, you know, here I am uh, back in New Jersey instead of being uh, doing the, the camp for kids. Um, but, you know, um, a big part of what I do, you know, outside of outside of playing music, um, another uh, uh, just basically a, a mission I have is to is to teach people um, a heavy metal for for different instruments uh, through my Metal Heroes Music Academy. And then what we do, we do camps and retreats for adults, camps for uh, younger players, uh, sleepaway camps and things like that. So it's pretty awesome. It's all about the heavy metal and, um, you know, being uh, in the middle of the music that, that we all love. Um, but uh, so so luckily, you know, through uh, through the Internet, I've, I've been basically keeping busy uh, teaching, uh, teaching guitar to um, younger players and then, you know, older players who, you know, still like to play, but have, but, but have, you know, jobs and they just do it for fun. And sometimes, you know, people hire me for, um, showing them particular type of things they want to learn. But yeah, man. So, so teaching has been a big, big thing, which is also always a side, uh, side, uh, venture that I, uh, that I always do. So I just concentrated on that and hopefully, you know, hopefully we'll be able to get out there again. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, Mike, this is uh, the Vernomatic with you. Uh, listen, mm-hmm. uh, Mark tells me you have an interesting story as to how you actually ended up auditioning for the Halford Band. Yeah, the story is interesting, you know, because um, I um, I decided to put together um, an instrumental record in 96. 
at that time, you know, a lot of underground guitar players was, were still kind of releasing guitar hero type records, even though the, the type of playing wasn't really in vogue that much in around 95, 96. But what I did, I did a real heavy, um, heavy instrumental record that, you know, still had still had lead guitar playing on it, but was really heavy rhythm wise and time change wise, um, uh, definitely different than what everybody else was doing. And then I put together um, a solo band um, in New Jersey. So whenever, uh, whenever like a guitar hero would come in through town, uh, the promoters would call me to open up for them. So, so you know, I had I had videos of, um, of me opening up for Ingve and Steve Morse and Ronnie Montrose and anybody that came through Jersey that played guitar, I would open up for them with my band. Same thing, you know, selling tickets and paying my band members and mm-hmm. uh, but one, you know, a typical typical um, local story. Um, but what I have done is, is I, I had all the videos and through the release, I, I would buy myself um, ads in Guitar Play uh, in Guitar World magazine, and um, I would sell those records out, and then I would sell, send them out for reviews, and I had this Bible of reviews, snippets. Uh, guitar player spotlight columns and all the stuff that I was in, and I literally put together that with uh, with a video of me playing um, in front of uh, 900 people um, at the Birch Hill nightclub in New Jersey, and I and in front of Marshall Stacks, and I sent it to Rob, and I I, li- I literally wrote a letter, uh, and, and the letter said, if you are looking to get back into straight up heavy metal, then I'm the guitar player for you. You know, Rob's been secretly auditioning people throughout Phoenix and Arizona uh, and California for a year or two, um, you know, just seeing if he can write with people and things like that. Hundreds and hundreds of tapes were uh, coming in uh, because they had an ad through the internet via the old two, the Rob's old band two. But Rob wasn't really known for doing straight up heavy metal back then. But, um, you know, timing was right and, and you know, I would like to think that I was the right guitar player at the time. So anyway, that's the, so the, the story gets better because um, I eventually, all my friends knew how how much of a diehard heavy metal fan I was, and of course, still am. And then I got a call from Rob's manager at my old apartment, and I didn't really believe that it was uh, <laughs> Rob's manager calling, and I thought it was my friend uh, busting my chops. And then I realized um, that it wasn't. It, it wasn't, and I, you know, I wrote songs. I, I went out to California. Robin and his manager picked me up at LAX. Uh, we went in, wrote two weeks of music. We demoed what ended up being about 80% of the Resurrection record. And almost literally from that day on, a year later, uh, we sold out the Garden with uh, with Iron Maiden. So. So quite a story from yeah. selling your tickets in the parking lot. Yeah, it sounds like a little bit of Hollywood. <laughs> the Hollywood story went to Hollywood. That's fantastic. I think that was in that movie um, with the kind of the Ripper story, right? <laughs> yeah. the, the, where they don't, the, the band calls and the, they, they hang up on them the first time. Like, no, you're not. It's just my you're friends. Right. Well, very similar. That's right. <laughs> so that album that you ended up doing, that was the Resurrection, Resurrection yeah. album. So we Metal Mike, we, we gotta, we're going to play a track from that. Real quick, we'll do a snippet. We won't do the whole thing. Just uh, we're gonna let it run for a minute, and then we'll we'll get your. Uh, we gonna ask you a couple questions, get your reaction about it. That's cool. Sure. All right, Vernon. Let it rip. 
that was um, Cyberworld from Resurrection. Uh, mm-hmm. That's definitely your riff, right? <laughs> I mean, I remember when you came to the house guitars, I think you showed some people at one of your clinics, uh, you know, how to play that one. So what do you remember about that track? And what was the Metal Gods reaction when, when you showed them that one? Uh, well, uh, Rob liked the Rob liked the riff because um, it was kind of like a fast, fast melodic, um, similar to kind of like a painkiller type era riff from May, uh, from uh, from Priest. And he, you know, anything with a lot of melody, uh, the metal god uh, will listen to. And then, and the riff was just something that I came up with, you know, just uh, it's it's four chords that kind of like uh, arpeggiated in some ways and. Um, simple progression but it sounded really good the band you know um was just another another track on the record we have always always been playing live and almost every time we play uh, the song uh, it's played live because you know it's a, it's a lively fast song and, and uh, people seem to like it you know yeah so wait so back to that story real quick um so when you got flown out to la for the first time to meet with rob and everybody did you say you, it was almost like you just went right into the studio and just started writing a whole bunch of songs for Resurrection and, and then, then, then you found out you got the gig or did, how did that all just Yeah, kind of... exactly. That's how, that's how it happened. So, <laughs> and, um, you know, when, when, uh, with the metal guy and the manager got me at LAX, we actually went to, uh, a studio, a photo studio with this guy, PR Brown. He does all the like famous guy. He does all the art for uh, nine inch nails and, uh, Manson and all these guys, and I actually did a photo shoot with Rob, and that's even before we played the note. So it's very, it was very interesting, you know. So just to see how things look, how how they feel, whatever. And then you know we stayed in LA and we wrote, we wrote music for about a week straight. In some ways, I guess that was sort of an audition, but it was never a, um, you know, a very like quote unquote audition. Come out and play pre-songs and see how you sound. It, it was a lot deeper than that. You know, he was like, can you write songs? And, you know, can people hang out together? Um, does anybody have any uh, issues with drugs or alcohol and things like that? So it was it was sort of like a, um, you know, comprehensive sort of a get-together of musicians. But it was, it was perfect because we really started writing some kick-ass songs, you know. And then we said, well, let's demo these songs. So we went to Silver Cloud Studios in Burbank. But um, we demoed these songs. I think we demoed at least 10 of these songs that we wrote. And then I remember at the last day, um, Rob was uh, leaving to go back to um, uh, to San Diego. And I was like, well, I'm like, Rob still didn't tell me whether I got the gig. Like, what the hell's happening, you know? And uh, so I, I go, uh, I, I follow Rob to the car and I'm like, so I'm like, so uh, Metal God, um, so do you think uh, you know, I'm kind of like finding my words. I'm like, do you think you like what's happening here? And he's like, and by then he already called me Metal Mike. He's like, he's like, yes, Metal Mike. Uh, I don't think I need to look any further. You know, we'll, I'll just make sure that um, you know you're very happy in my band. And that's it. Metal got took off, and and uh, I came back to Jersey and I quit my job. <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. I love it. My job was still teaching and, and writing for a uh, for a rock paper called uh, Aquarian Weekly, and I still did that for a tiny bit. But yeah, I was sort of moving away from that and just transitioning into uh, into a career, really. Yeah. And then, by the way, uh, that's where Roy Z was involved, correct? Right, pretty much right from the beginning, because he was kind of yeah, in that for scene. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, just and he, from day one, 
Roy was already in uh, as a producer role. Because he was working with Dickinson, too, at the time, correct, on, on some of his solo stuff? Yeah, well, Roy did, like, Accident of Birth and um, Chemical Wedding um, and then uh, great, great ideas and production ideas and songwriting ideas, too. So, so Roy, Roy was throwing in the riffs just as much as uh, myself or anybody else. And then Roy, we just had a lot of fun laying these songs down and, you know, just cranking up music and having, we have really had a good time and the, the, the chemistry was, was perfect. And uh, yeah, the results were, were good. So Roy was like, perfect. He's definitely going to produce it. And, you know, and I, and I think I'm, I'm assuming through Roy's connection, Roy had the song, The One You Love to Hate, that I think he wrote for, I don't know, I think he had the song um, a long time ago for Bruce. And um, and then the idea came up of uh, Bruce and Rob doing that song together. It was quite a, um, a trip uh, to be recording that song in the studio and doing guitar leads and guitar screams and then have, you know, Dickinson and Rob Halford hanging over your shoulder, you know. <laughs> Uh, that was so, awesome. No, no, no pressure there. I was very nervous. I was very nervous during that time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was nervous, but I had the greatest time of my life, you know. So that, you know, when you break through another level, you're always nervous, you know. Of course. So hey, we got another one we're going to play for you. This is, I guess, the, a little bit of the evolution of the Halford Band. So uh, you'll recognize this right from the beginning, obviously. So Vernomatic, let this one rip, and then we'll talk to Mike about it. So here we are. We're talking with Metal Mike from the Halford Band, along with uh, a lot of other projects, which we're going to get into in a minute, and then um, a lot of his solo stuff too. But Metal Mike, so I remember um, you, you got so you go on the road with Iron Maiden after Resurrection, do this huge, massive world tour. I think that's when Rock and Rio happened. Somewhere in there, you and I meet, which is a whole different story, which we, we can talk about later. But um, but um, you uh, and then you guys go to this. I remember you telling me like you're in this hotel called Park Manor. And you recorded yeah. the second album from a hotel room. So tell us about that track, Golgotha, and then how, what was the evolution going into like a hotel room? What was the mindset behind that? So the, the, the hotel room, which was called Park Manor, which was uh, located in San Diego, um, we chose that hotel because um, it, was, uh, it was close to where the metal god used to live at the time. And we, we thought it would be just easier for Rob to come in and hear the music ideas, contribute, have us change things. Maybe Rob will come up with a guitar riff. or So we would basically have a hotel room and then we would just work. And after, you know, five, six o'clock, we would, you know, we would be just basically free. And um, so, yes, yeah, so we basically uh, had a hotel room for two different writing sessions. So as far as writing music a lot of it did take place for uh the crucible record but we didn't really do any recordings of the park manor that was solely uh that was solely for 
recording music. We, we did all the we did the photo shoot for the for the record also at the at the hotel room uh, with a photographer uh, John Eder. Uh, we just basically rented a, you know a big room and uh, we did the photos there. But yeah, so that was Park Manor. Hey, Mike, uh, that being said, how did you approach writing with different metal vocalists? Um, you know, besides the metal gods, Sebastian Bach and, you know, uh, Ralph Schiefers. Well, it's all, you know what, it's all different at the same time. It's the same uh, because for me, I feel like if those guys want to work with me, on different things, then I, I feel like I should I should provide what it is that I provide, and what I provide is you know it's kind of like no no qualms about it. Heavy metal riffs. Um, as a matter of fact, a lot of my stuff has slight slight signature, such as like Cyber World and things like that. And um, so so that's easy for me because I know I know where I'm going with it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be chameleon trying to be somebody else on the guitar. Um, but it's, it's a different, you know, it, it does, it does change at times. You know, it's, 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 it's an idea that sometimes works very, very easily. Um, when I was working with a vocalist, uh, Carlos Zima, uh, for my solo record, The Metal Worker, uh, Carlos, uh, Carlos's band is um, Immortal Guardian um, from Las Vegas. Carlos just hears my riffs and he has a ton of melody over anything I played. I will literally finish up a whole song, give him the music, and he will come up with a complete song. Um, and that is very rare from my experience. Um, I had a lot of success like that as well with Tim from Pain Museum that would just work until they got they got the music over yeah. the riff. Um, but um, a lot of the more famous vocalists really sometimes they don't really want the whole song. They want guitar riffs. Um, and sometimes I don't know how much of a riff I should give them because if you give them a whole entire song, then they feel like you're writing too much in advance and there's not enough for them to do. Um, if you give them two guitar riffs, then they don't know what the hell to do with it because it's not enough. <laughs> so yeah you can't win you you can't win <laughs> so the whole thing is is that you should the best the best success i've had with famous vocalists was to actually get in the room and write uh together mm -hmm. you know like it's like hey man here's two riffs they're like all right let's do it repeat it we need a middle part and rob would be like need a middle part all right we just need a chorus let's come up with a chorus tomorrow and the song would take place like that Sounds um, like you had some success like that uh, with Sebastian in the uh, American uh, Metalhead. Well, American Metalhead was actually a, a song already recorded on a, on on the Pay Museum record called Metal for Life. Oh, and brought it. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah, and brought it to him. And 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 additionally, song Live and Die that appears on Angel Down was also a song on the Pay Museum record uh, Metal for Life. So um, Sebastian loved those songs, and he decided to, uh, I guess for lack of a better word, cover them for Angel Down. Um, and uh, he did a very good job with them. I, of course, played guitar again. Uh, Steve DiGiorgio played bass, and Bobby Jorzombek played drums. So it was, it was literally a pain museum lineup. Uh, but Sebastian was the vocalist, and it was, it was Sebastian Bach's record. Well, um, um, let's take a listen to it.
All right. So Metal Mike, that was actually the uh, Pain Museum version with Tim Claiborne, not the Sebastian That's Bach right. version with Angel Down. I've often listened to those two side by side to kind of see what I like better because in some ways Sebastian has such a unique voice. But uh, as you know, I'm a big fan of Tim Claiborne. So what do you think about those versions? Like, <laughs> is there one that you favor over the other or they just they hold their own in their own right? You know, it's, it's, uh, American Metal has a very, very difficult song to sing. Um, uh, first of all, and um, and um, I thought the the guitar sound and the way the song sounded musically was really good on the Pain Museum record. So covering it for me, um, well, I'm a team player, so of course I, I I was cool with it. But like, um, it was almost sort of like repainting repainting something that was done perfectly the way it should have sounded in the first place. So. We did a really good copy of the song, um, and Sebastian, you know, uh, I have to give it to him for tackling that tune. Um, it's, you know, Tim is as raw as you're gonna get. You know, Tim is like this uh, evil child of Sebastian Bach in some ways, you know. Um, and uh, but yeah, I like them both. Um, of course, I love Pain Museum because that that's the original. Um, but then at the same time, you know, Sebastian has been playing that song at every one of his shows and, um, and he's made that song known across the world. So, um, so I, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, respect and you know, appreciation for that. So yeah, both yeah, of them it, are good. Man. To, to your point, Metal Mike, uh, Sebastian is still playing that song live and he, I guess he kind of has made it his own. And, you know, I, I actually think Angel Downs probably one of the best solo albums he's ever made and just definitely the most the heaviest and clearly your influence is all over that one so um mm -hmm. that's huge credit to you but uh yeah so by the way we got one other one we're gonna play uh we're gonna play uh hell no you just mentioned carlos zima so that's another vocalist yes. you've worked with so we're gonna do a quick one on that one and then we'll talk about that for a second too so vernomatic sure. let that one rip
Okay, Metal Mike. So uh, we just heard Zima scream there. there. So I mean, you've uh, <laughs> man, it was I was I was on MetalMike.net and I sent the link to Vernomatic, your discography link. And man, it's just amazing. Uh-huh. Uh, not only all the albums that you wrote with Halford and the EPs and Pain Museum and your solo stuff, you've done so much. You know, Yoakum Khan's from Hammerfall, like a lot of great artists. Yeah. I mean. So man, where do you rank Zima and all that? <laughs> like, it's uh, I mean that, that's another hidden gem in my opinion for metalheads. That like, man, if you haven't heard Pain oh, Zima yeah. and you haven't heard that one, your solo release that's that's great because it's got vocalist and instrumental. Yeah, and I did that sort of on on purpose because I do so many guitar clinics and and things like that that um I wanted to have uh, instrumental tracks so I could use that for clinics and you know just kind of go go and play. Um. But, you know, I didn't want to make another instrumental record necessarily. So, yeah, I mean, Carlos, I mean, I think Carlos is is definitely one of the best vocalists out there right now. He's he's the guy, you know. I mean, his, his band in Mortal Guardian, you know, gaining ground and things like that. But as far as vocal ability, Carlos, you know, he's uh, he's up there. You know, he's one of the guys now. So, um, speaking of which, and then we're another question and then um we're going to have a, i guess go into our fun segments as i guess we we like to call them but um so what what are some of your future plans as it relates to um recording and then maybe going back on the road again uh my guess is you know you're always there if the halford band comes calling again uh but you've got these other solo projects and bands so where where do you see yourself heading uh hopefully you know once things maybe get back to normal yeah, I think I think there are, there are, um well first of all there are there are endless possibilities I think it, it whole hinges on us being able to do it again but let's just say let's just say we're there now you know with, with the metal god this the it's it's um it's it's a no it's a no brainer um pretty much all my all my all my career to 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 the metal god so within if the metal god wants to do another record or or tour of course I'll be there no matter what's happening you know and then. And then what I would like to do, um, I, I, I did it. One of the other things now on my solo front is that I never got a chance to do this today, but I was going to do a very special display for uh, for the Resurrection record, and I was going to it was going to be display of guitars and stories, kind of like a storyteller and um, a lot of mementos from the touring behind Resurrection. So that would have coincided nice with the 20th anniversary. It looks like I'm going to have to wait for that for the next year. And then, it, like, interestingly enough, it's been 20th anniversary of me playing Jackson guitars and Marshall amps and the Adario strings. So it's uh, it's kind of like a we're going to all hook up together and do this this really wild event. Then, of course, I have my solo band that I love and that we've been playing uh, for the last four years, and, and that's going to be going on. We'd like to uh, go, go go out again and play the music, and I play a lot of the Halford material and uh, solo stuff. You know, real vocalist uh, Mark Lopes from uh, Ross the Boss, and, uh, Rani uh, Lipnitsky from Overkill on drums, and Mike Lepon from uh, Symphony X on bass. So the the lineup's really um, real solid. And then at the same time, um, I am not actually completely closed off joining uh, another band that I like. Um, I, I, you know, this time. I do. I would do it because, like, like I always did it because I love the band. So um, there are there are about two or three bands that I would join any day, uh, any day, any time. Any names? Well, I think you know the obvious band. Um, <laughs> um, and, and then uh, you know there there are a couple 
couple of other bands, but uh, I don't want to talk about that yet because <laughs> yeah, we're not cursing. Hey, Mike, listen, is there any uh, sites or uh, Twitter there uh, we could post where people could follow you? Yeah, so it's very simple because everything uh, that has to do with me will be metal, Mike, and let my first letter of my last name is C as in Charlie. So metal Mike C. Okay, okay, we'll have all this on the website um, for the episode blog with all show notes, so people could find it real easily. We're gonna we're gonna slip into a segment right here. Many have tried, most have failed, only a few survived. This is the Mount Rushmore of metal. All right, Hello, Mike, we didn't give you too much advance warning on this, and we're not sure why it says many have failed in that little bumper, but <laughs> I guess some have failed with the Mount Rushmore of metal. <laughs> Never made it. They were so, not metal enough. So we got two Mount Rushmores of metal, which are your top four of, um, you know, play off the good old Mount Rushmore <laughs> presidents thingy. But um, so I guess the first one is your top four uh, pre-songs that you like to play live, uh, whether it's with the Halford Band or even, you know, your own band. Sometimes I know you slip a mm-hmm. priest cover in there, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, for, for me, for me, Priest is a, a quintessential heavy metal band. They're the, to me, to my, myself personally, they're the greatest heavy metal band of all time. Um, just for their songs, um, for them being able to forge metal, but at the same time rock at the same time. You know, uh, they came came out out of this blues type era, and then the, the band knows how to play. You know, so it's not it's not a quantized. Uh, Pro Tools to Death band. Anyway, so my my favorite songs from Priest would be, believe it or not, I love another thing coming, because I because of the message of the song. I love Green Man Alishi. I would have to say Painkiller. And one more. I would have to say, Writing on the Wind. Now, none of those four, though, have made your live set recently, have they? Uh, we did play Grima, Lishi, and Riding on the Wind. Ah, you played Riding mm-hmm. on the Wind. I don't know if you played that in Rochester when you opened for Dokken about a year ago. No, we didn't. I thought no, maybe you threw Jawbreaker no. in there. <laughs> no? So many, so many. No, we never did Jawbreaker. I think, I don't even know if we did Grima, Lishi in Rochester. Yeah. Okay, so then what are your top four favorite just Halford songs then from the Halford era? That's a hard one. See, that's, a, <laughs> that's, that, that's actually a real rough, tough one, man. I would, uh, one of them it would have to be Sad Wings of Destiny, which is, uh, used to be a bonus track from the Resurrection album for Japan. Um, that's sort of like a, it's a very much uh, a Metal Mike style uh, song. Um, to play live, I'll have to put Cyber World in there because it just just goes over really well with people. Um, I have to say Golgotha because how heavy that song is, and um, it's obligatory that I put the Resurrection in there because I mean <laughs> yeah. it doesn't get any better than that. It's <laughs> yeah. true. I mean, I remember the first you know Rob just screaming right into that track, and I was like, oh man, okay, that's good. He's back it's to over. metal. It's He's done. back to metal. Yeah. Thank God for that. It's done. So we're, Vern- not, we're not chorus hits. <laughs> yeah. You know, when the verse hits, it's good, right? I mean, it's, 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 it's perfect. And then when the chorus hits, you're just like, wow, this just like went a whole another level, you know? <laughs> Saying the least, that, that, that is a great song. <laughs> so, Vernomatic, you didn't go there to close this off, the uh, 
Metal confession or not? <laughs> Sadly, I know a whole bunch, but we're not going to talk about it unless Mike does. So we'll just basically, Mike. It's like, is there like a metal confession that happened that you could that you want to talk about that uh, you know maybe maybe no one's heard before? Just a story that rings in your mind from the something road rock the sh- and roll. Yeah, it something. doesn't have to be you know something off the charts, but uh, anything you uh, want. You know, I got an idea. What was the impression mm-hmm. um, Rock in Rio? How was it? Oh, yeah, we can go with that. Well, that was actually really funny, is that Rock and Rio, man, you know, it was so weird, man, because, like, when I did the record with Rob, I assumed this is just how things go. Like, you go hook up with a legendary artist, and you just sell out everywhere you play. I thought this was just, like, what happens. So, I appreciated it, but I thought I thought we were going to do this all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. So... It's just kind of, you just have the 15-year-old brain, you know? You release a record with Rob Halford, and you just play arenas and play Rock in Rio, and and you appreciate it, but you think you're just going to do this for 20 years. Um, so Rock in Rio was so massive that I can't even tell you how big that was because all I, all I saw were, were these light towers every, like, 300, 500 feet, and they just never ended. So when we were coming from the airport into Rio and into the the hotel, the streets were lined up. They were lined up with people. So they had to kind of get the vans through the crowds and get us to the hotel. And a lot of other uh, musicians stayed in the same hotel. So, the, so the, there's actually a funny story with that is that were driving through and then there were people like beating down on the uh, on the glass of the van and running behind the van and we started feeling really good about ourselves that we're so popular in in brazil and this is you know we were like the beatles yeah i was and i was about to say that that euphoric it was rush like, it was just like this and there were like girls crying, right? So there were like 15-year-old girls crying. I was like, man, I, I can't believe they love metal. This is going to be great. <laughs> so I got my I got my camera ready, and the, the tour manager goes, when I say go, you guys just run into the hotel. Like you don't stop. That's a Wow. All right? Doesn't that always happen to you, Metal Mike? <laughs> when you, no matter what. When you, you. when you go... You just you just run, and I'm gonna count to three, and I got my camera ready, and I'm 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 like this is this is the greatest moment, right? So he goes one, two, three, and we run out of the van, and all of a sudden all the screams go from like wild to mild, because the girls thought we were a boy band called Take Five oh, in a van. <laughs> oh, so we were a major disappointment when we came out of the van. It was just a bunch of long-haired metal people. They were like, oh, I mean, you guys are cool too, but you're no Take 5. Well, you know what? Where's Take 5 today? Okay. Oh, wait, they're on they're next not talk- week. They're not- Is Take 5 talking to ROC right now? No, no they're, they're not. not. <laughs> exactly. Look who's made and look who has it. Yeah. <laughs> let's, talk- let's talk about longevity here. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. I've seen you get swarmed coming out of a limo before, Metal Mike. Come on. Don't sell yourself well, short. <laughs> I'm not, I am not saying 
those stories have never happened in whatever small capacity, but the greatest of them all happened not to be. Yeah, that's funny. So, um, <laughs> hey, Ben, uh, we could go all night, there's no doubt. But um, actually, we've got uh, an interview with Mark Weiss coming up tonight where John Vertomatic and I were going to do. Have you ever bumped into Mark Weiss along the way? Uh, Metal photographer, I'm sure you have. Oh yeah, Mark Weiss. As a matter of fact, Mark Mark's photo of me and and Carla Zima appear uh, in a, on the inside of the uh, of the metal worker record. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, yeah, was Mark's photo. But uh, I know Mark for a uh, few years. Um, whenever whenever I play, I see Mark in the pit. Um, he came out to one of my solo shows. <laughs> you know, he's there. You just see Mark whenever you go. Whenever I go see Priest, I see Mark. Backstage and in the pit. So and then um, you see Munzee. <laughs> yeah. Then I then I see Munzee from skateboard, but but yeah, I mean I mean Mark, you know, he's the whole thing. I mean he was very uh, instrumental in hooking up Zach with Ozzy and yeah, the whole stuff between Skid Row. So tell Mark hello from me. We will, we will. We'll tell him. Um, and um, another Jersey boy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I got to slip this in real quick because it's our show and we're just having fun. And I know Vernon, we got a few minutes before we're doing our next thing, but um. You know, it's funny, uh, the way, I'm just going to tell us quickly, the way I, you know, Mike and I met was interesting because uh, I had moved to New York, New Jersey, you know, always been a metalhead, loved going to shows, driving around town, listening to Eddie Trunk, which a coworker of mine had told me about because he was friends with him, and I didn't know, even know who Eddie Trunk even was, and I hear Metal Mike from Halford on the radio, and I'm like, wait a minute, you know, and, and Eddie's like, yeah, this guy lives in Jersey, so I'm like, oh, the guy lives in Jersey, I'm like, cool. <laughs> And so I was like, oh, I'll email through the website. And I was, you know, maybe you're like a publicist or somebody will get back to me. And like, do you like soccer, man? And uh, sure enough, a couple of days later, Metal Mike replies like, well, I don't really like sports, but if there was one, it would be soccer. Cause my dad and I've got a crazy uncle that likes soccer. And uh, so <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like, you know, invite him to the game and Metal Mike comes down. And it was kind of like one of those weird chance encounters. You never know if, you know, how we're going to hit it off or not. And um, lo and behold, I guess we did hit it off and somehow became friends and, Anyway, Mike, that was uh, man. It's it's dated ourselves now because that was that's if Resurrection's twenty years old, then I guess it was not too long after that. So um, it had to be like oh one or two. Uh, this was yeah, this man. was Metro Stars probably. Uh, so yeah, man. Well, listen, you know, it's uh, metal hearts find each other, right? And and, I, and I've got it. Mike did this national anthem just like Zach Wild's done uh, with. Uh, electric guitar in the stadium so i've got that in the vault somewhere i have to dig that out and post it on social media because that was that was actually pretty funny because the fans were like what what is going on <laughs> they, had no, they idea. had no idea and then and then and then and then you guys asked me to play metallica's enter sandman when the <laughs> when the players run onto the field I forgot about that. Uh, the oh, funny God. thing is is that is that is that that stadium held like 80 whatever 80 000, 60 to 80 000 people so whenever you play the note you had a delay, so you if I you if yeah. you played a note, bang, you would hear it, bang, bang, bang. So, so playing to an empty stadium was was very strange. You <laughs> the slap back. Well, maybe that's why that team moved out of there because we didn't do a good job putting fans yeah. in there. But, anyway. but that but that stadium has tied in every major venue in New York, uh, New Jersey area. I mean, nice. not too many metal guys say they could play Giant Stadium because of you. I did solo <laughs> performance, nonetheless. So you're <laughs> nonetheless, baby. That's it. <laughs> oh man! All right. So Vernomatic, uh, Metal Mike, uh, you know, thanks so much for your time, uh, man. I know we could go a lot longer because we only scratched on the surface of some of your history and stuff with the sure. Metal God. But um, we just thought with Resurrection being 20 years old, it was the perfect time to have you come in. 
Uh, maybe we'll have you in at, at another time, and uh, maybe we'll get you back to Rochester to do a show again. Vernomatic, any closing thoughts? or? No, um, I've, I've been educated. I appreciate it. And um, thank you for joining us tonight, Mike. Yeah, no problem, guys. And anytime well, you guys want to do number two, as far as the show, let's roll. We could, <laughs> we could, uh, we could do the, the secondary thoughts. But, yeah, I appreciate you both, man. Uh, keep, uh, keep spreading the, the metal fire. We need it. You got it, buddy. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Metal Mike. All right, guys. See Bye. Metal for Life. Thanks for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our websites at MetalMayhemROC.com and MetalForever.com for information on upcoming concerts, podcasts, archives, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. Catch us next time on WLFE-DB Radio. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.